Hello, you're listening to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, presented by Brandon Elliott. This show will be going over all aspects of real estate investing and is intended to educate, motivate, and prepare you to take action on your first or next real estate investment. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Welcome back, everyone, to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Elliott. And today we got an awesome recording for you guys today. Two gentlemen that I've known for a good bit of time now that have been crushing it in the real estate space. They originally came from inquiring about Credit Council Elite and and just hearing their story, it just it just felt so dang right to be able to get them a part of our group, but also like the adversity of what they've been through, as well as truly the hero story. So a little bit about their background. They started off in the car sale industry and very successful with that. But after years of doing that, not getting the fulfillment and starting to get attracted to real estate, they started finding themselves inquiring together to be partners. And slowly after really branching out, stepping away from the car dealership and going all into wholesaling, it truly has been the testament to really changing their lives in so many different ways. So they've been successfully transforming you know, a ton of real estate the last couple of years and doing about three to four deals per month, making hundreds of thousands on the wholesaling side, but also pocketing and cherry picking you know, the best of the best deals. And, and that's what I love about doing wholesaling because you can have the best of both worlds. You can really cherry pick the best deals that you know are going to be awesome for long-term rentals or even short-term rentals, Airbnb, which they're doing. And I believe they're producing, what, 15000 roughly in cash flow right now on a monthly basis. And I think just in the last couple of months, you guys have been hitting records for, for your highest payouts and so forth. So it's really exciting to see, like, this is just the beginning, but in the next couple of years to see where you guys actually take this to, it's going to be phenomenal. So Without further ado, we got Tony in the house, Anthony, and then we got Matt. What's up, guys? How are we doing? Good. Cool. So for anybody out there that doesn't know more about your story and that kind of 10,000-foot view, do you mind just diving in kind of one at a time, like what you guys are about? Are you want me to hop in first, Tony? Go ahead. Do it, yeah. Uh, he kind of gave you a little rundown, but we're both from the car business. I was 11 years in the car business. Tony, probably close to four, maybe five years. So we understand the sales process and the attracting of a lead to get through the sales funnel and then converting. So just trying to apply that in the real estate side of things, I'm going to really grow that acquisitions team, just kind of getting the kinks worked out at the moment, you know, just ourselves working through the whole process or we're working some of the same roles, but a lot of them we're trying to really break down and really like identify who should be doing what so we can get into the point of hiring someone else to help us with acquisitions. That's what we're focusing on right now. Really getting that sales process going and then building our dispositions pipeline as well. Focusing on how to keep more. And that's what the credit council is helping us with as far as like our burr strategy and clearing up some lines of credit to be able to refinance and keep more. And then we want to offer like a, a turnkey solution to just the area we are in. We have great cash flows, good values, and they're not more value like some places where they're just skyrocketing value. So you can get it at a decent price and still get a great cash flow. So yeah, it's a couple Matt, things that we're, we're focusing on at the moment. 
So what area are you guys in? And I know that you guys just started branching out and starting to check out some other territory as well, right? Yeah, so we're in Des Moines, Iowa and surrounding areas. We did a little bit in Cedar Rapids. And we're just kind of testing that virtual a little bit out there, getting a little better with that uh, before we branch out of state. So cool. And then what is your role in the business, Matt? I do most of the acquisitions side as far as like setting the appointment, running the appointment. Tony will do some in-house appointments as well, but most of the front half of the acquisitions I'll do. And then Tony kind of steps in on disposition. Some deals will kind of tag team. It just depends if we've gone and walked it together and what the rapport is, what the rapport is in the deal. Because of both of us being involved, it just, sometimes we spend more time with one person than the other. And so we just kind of work that way. Yeah. But yeah, and kind of like you were saying, like right now you guys are in the growing phase of really figuring out like who's going to be handling what mm-hmm. part of the business so that you guys can hire all more people and figure out that aspect, right? Yeah. Like in the beginning, when we were full, first went full time, we were both doing like everything, like the same yeah. thing at the same yeah. time. And we're just slowly delegating back and forth to find what makes the most sense. So. I love it. Cool. So Tony, what do you got? What is your flavor of the company? <laughs> I'm probably more of the mouth and the the face <laughs> of the business. I'm also kind of the gopher as well, too. I do a lot of the errand running. I do a lot of the checking. I do a lot of the back end stuff. The split's pretty good as of right now with me and Matt. Matt pretty much does all of the generation and the lead oh. management and then the acquisition. And then pretty much as soon as they say, yes, I'll sell the house, I jump in and do everything else going through the end to the close. So we have kind of a good split right now. Now it's just figuring out what position that we can put somebody in to take that piece of the puzzle away from one of us. And we're that's pretty much our biggest thing. And all of our meetings go to that right now is we're trying to delegate each one of those to be able to put a person in, in these certain spots. Uh, it'll take off a lot of heat from us, or a lot of stress from us because we're all doing like he's doing four things. I'm doing four things. And we're hoping to God they match or they come together <laughs> and they make sense. You know what I mean? So that's the annoying part is putting those people in place. And then uh, Matt's really good at the management side of things too. So I'm super confident that we'll be able to put the right people into those positions and then be able to follow through with them. I put a lot of confidence in him with that aspect of it, but it's also because he's done that for many a years too. So he's yeah. got that experience there. He's done a lot of hiring, a lot of firing, a lot of, figuring out a lot of problem solving. So I got a lot of trust over there. He has a lot of trust on my end to make sure that things are done on time or that they get done on time. And so uh, we do have a good amount of trust level towards each other. The beginning of it was a lot of text back and forth. Hey, what do I do here? Hey, what do you think about this? Hey, what do you think about that? And we've kind of just repetition. We've gotten a good spread now to where we have a good understanding. We just take care of it. So and it'll get better and better and better as time goes, especially when we have those other people in those positions. So I'm not thinking about doing five things all at once. Yeah. So talk to me. When did you guys start this partnership and why real estate? Why the partnership in general? Um, we were friends in high school. His older sister and me are the same age. So I'm a couple of years older than him. I think it's two, right, Matt? Two years. Yeah. yeah. So I've known each other for a really long time uh, before working. And then believe it or not, we used to work at UPS together back when we were in high school and out of high school. And we used to ride together back and forth because we both lived on the same side of town. But then after that, we were both working at the car dealership. Matt was out there first and they kept asking me to come on, kept asking me to come on. Finally, I was like, you know what, let's try it. And 
you know, mastered that, got really good at that. And then eventually there was just enough management change that it didn't make sense. Plus I had my firstborn daughter. And so I took time off from there and then did uh, let's stay home dad for a little while. Matt called me up out of nowhere and it's like, hey, I'm studying a lot of this stuff about real estate, a lot about Airbnbs, a lot about that's the other thing too. We've gone through a lot of different changes in our two years of this. We've, we've gone through wholesaling wasn't our first plan. Our first plan was just to really? buy and turn them into Airbnbs. Then it switched to holding some as long-term rentals. Then it turned to trying to figure out how to wholesale to make money to buy more real estate. Then now it's like, I think what our bread and butter is or what our goal going forward now is wholesale number one, Airbnb number two, and then uh, turnkey rentals to out-of-state investors number three. And each one of those has their own you know, high points are good things for them. So it's just like nailing in what makes sense for that property that we come across now. So three exit plans, it helps out. So we're not just doing one thing. There's a choice that is made per deal that we get. And I feel like we have a good process or flow to land it on one of those three and be confident that when we put some under contract, it's going to go all the way through to the end. Yeah, I love it. This is the first time me actually hearing from you guys talking about doing the turnkey situation, but it makes sense, dude. It yep. makes so much sense for you guys. And Midwest is sweet um, right now. Yeah. And it's going to be such a win-win and really positioning people to succeed that, you know, want that easy breezy experience to come in if you guys do all the legwork, but you guys can get compensated very well for it. So it, it makes sense. So cool. And obviously the timeline, I didn't realize that you guys, you know, high school, very close and worked in previous, you know, UPS and so forth. What is the time frame? When did you guys actually say, hey, real estate's the thing. Matt has a lot to do with that, which is awesome. But when did you call Matt? When did you call Tony and we're like, hey, we got to do this, dude. I feel like it was either the end of 19 or the beginning of 20. We started researching it probably the end of 19. Because I started doing research on like Airbnb arbitrage and I was getting really close. I was interviewing people downtown Des Moines. I had a few leases I was reviewing, trying to put together a few deals there and then basically city shut down. So, and I think it was a great idea to lease four apartments. And that's where we kind of switched to thinking, owning the house and looking at real estate investing that way instead of the the arbitrage. I I think we originally were looking at like, lease options or selling lease options basically and that's what kind of led us into selling okay so. cool so talk to me when it comes down to the partnership after the last couple of years working together I'm, I'm sure there's some learning curves right like in the beginning you said you guys were kind of doing similar tasks and, and maybe on top of each other or, or not knowing you know yeah tons um, of learning curves yeah <laughs> talk, talk to me about some learning curves for the listeners what have you guys learned from working together or even just real estate in general that uh, we make the mistakes. We do a lot of a lot of stuff that we feel like is gonna save us money, but really it's costing us either more money and more time. It's just like in the beginning, you just think that you hop in and do it yourself, you're gonna save all this time and money. And it's just not the case. We've found ourselves rehabbing, running errands, demoing throwing junk away. It's like all stuff that we can just hire someone to get it done. Oh yeah. And it might cost a few more dollars than doing it ourselves. But if we can stay looking for a deal and finding a deal what we're good at, we just keep finding ourselves not doing that sometimes. Yeah. So definitely in the beginning we were 
And when we were noticing we're running around doing the same thing at the same time together, just like we got to split up, start tackling different parts of the business. So I think that was our biggest learning curve stuck out. I think it's definitely a giant learning curve is figuring out to delegate time. Time's worth almost more than money is when we're doing multiple different tasks at a time. Uh, We've definitely learned that lesson a couple of different times. Also, too, it might be more or might be better to one hard lesson that we've learned on two different properties is we tried bringing stuff to the market and it might have just been better to bring it to the market without doing rehab so we've learned a lesson on that really diving in your numbers on rehab and making sure it's going to make sense at the end because if not we can still make our money just selling it the way that it is so that's just kind of another lesson that we've learned in the last couple of months yeah that's good Yeah, I definitely can relate to that so hard, Matt, when it comes down to I've had other properties in the past over in Ohio that I got very expensive quotes for painting. And then I was like, man, this is ridiculous. I shouldn't have to pay that much for painting, especially over in Ohio. So instead, me and Jen flew out there and I decided instead of for the full week that we planned on being out there, we ended up painting everything but for that full week we're not professional painters by the way just so you know like i've never i've painted like a couple of rooms in the past jen never so we didn't we didn't even get the job done by the way right yeah. Uh, yeah. we were there a full week didn't get the job done and we were busting our ass doing that still had to pay somebody later on but i like after flying back i was like wow that whole week it would have been a hundred times better if I would have just built relationships. If I couldn't find the right quote, maybe I should have went out there and like, you know, knocked doors or like really built relationships with all the people because it just wasted my time. I still need to pay money now for it. But when you start realizing how much you're worth and your real strong like superpowers are, you can really figure out like, hey, I could have done so many more wholesales and really uh, captured a lot more money for it and paid out a couple extra bucks to get this done. So I've been there, bro. I hear you. Oh, yeah. So talk to me. When it comes down to lead generation, how are you guys focusing on that? We use Gopher Close. Gopher. So Josh Miller's service, Gopher Close, it's a done-for-you marketing. They have their own data. They're very, very good at finding the data, scraping, and finding people that are interested in selling. They use... Uh, some AI technologies that help just get people that are getting close to being ready to sell. So not all of them are heavily motivated, but a good majority of them are looking to sell. So there's some retail type leads in there as well, but we think it's awesome that we've used, used them the whole time. So maybe lead flow. So for the deals that they want to put it on the market and they're possibly Mm -hmm. more sophisticated or less motivated, what do you guys do in that aspect? You just, do you refer it out to somebody? Kind of just drop it? Yeah, it just depends. I mean, we do refer it if we can. Got to get a, a listing agent in there. We haven't been very successful at that. But we get really creative on some deals. If we really like the house, um, we'll get creative and see if we can figure out a way to make it make sense to them. Um, but yeah, I, mean, I think that there's definitely areas of improvement on that. Um relationship with the realtor, that referral, and then also maybe some novations that we could get into. We just haven't focused a lot on it. Usually if they're really nice properties, we won't chase them real hard unless they, they have some motivation there. So Yeah, yeah, that's good. So really sticking to the bread and butter of, of highly motivated mm-hmm. so that you can lock in a deal. 
And I think that's a big key for many people, you know, because you're playing the numbers game at the end of the day. If you got a thousand different numbers and then you got, you know, 200 that are potential leads, drop it down to 100 or 60, then you got 30, you know, if they're not showing the signs of highly motivated and like they're ready or or they want to actually talk to you about some numbers and so forth, then they're probably just not the right fit. So don't waste too much time into that and keep it moving. Are you guys handling all the calls yourself? We have a lead manager now that's helping us do the initial qualification. So we're trying to get to the point where we're just talking to people that are wanting to sell their house and then the people that we've been working with. Cool. Are you guys using any tools or or software um, to be able to help out with that stuff? As far as like evaluator or like we use company cam, I think, to to take pictures. It's not that great. (laughs) It's not that great. A lot of Google Drive. We were using driving for dollars for a while. Um, But our CRM has it in it. We haven't really used it in our CRM, but we just text the address straight to go for close now. And that's just about the same as driving for dollars without paying the fee. What CRM are you guys using? Free Simply or RE Simply. Yeah. Maybe it's REI Simply. Yeah, REI Simply. Cool. Cool. So then as these leads come in, how much money are you guys pumping into to leads on your guys' end? We probably spend 6000 a month on marketing. I would think in total, like operations, all the money that we spend, holding costs and stuff like that, we're probably close to... 12,000 to 13,000 a month in operating expenses. Okay. I would think. Okay. And then as far as the fruit that kind of gets bared from that, you guys roughly have about three to four deals per month. Mm-hmm. And so and that will work anywhere from 30 to 70,000 in wholesales a month. 30 to 70. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. Cool. So, so as the leads come in, Matt, do you close them? Sometimes, and sometimes Tony will. We were practicing that virtual model for a while, so I put a few vans under contract, then we went to look at them, and we were way off. So we're we're pulling that in a little bit more, but it just kind of depends on who has the most rapport in the situation. Like right now, Tony and I are working a deal with a guy, and we both talk to him every couple of days, and we're just trying to keep moving it forward. We both have rapport with that guy. This deals like we just put together one that Tony's talked to the guy almost the entire time. I hopped in one time just to try to smooth some stuff out and keep it keep it moving. But it just depends who's got the most rapport at that time. But typically, Tony's either doing that final step or be getting introduced very soon to that. So sure, he's probably closing more often than I am. But and then Tony, are you focusing more on the creative side, or or is that kind of just a partnership together that if you guys yeah. need to get creative? more of a decision amongst the both of us uh, matt probably what would i say when you like matt presents the option to them and then sometimes i'll try to layman's terms it pull it to reality to them if they don't get it on paper that's usually our biggest hurdle is they just don't understand because it's something completely different most people are like cash or yeah like the middle terms and all that other little stuff like 99% of people don't understand it, but it could be so much more, like it could be such a win-win. It could be way better for them in so many cases. Yep, yep. And then to dummy it down to the people to make it, like show what's in it for them. That's the biggest yeah. part. How do they win? And of yeah. course, we're winning too, because we wouldn't do that deal that we present unless it was something that made sense. But that's not what they care about. All they care about is, hey, 
what am I getting today? What do I get at the signing? What do I get at the closing? What do I get a year from now? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so you just got to pump those numbers and explain to them that that's the real thing you're really worried about and want to know. All the other stuff is just jargon. So I might be slightly better at trying to dummy it down, but yet Matt uh, does the numbers and presents uh, in the beginning. Love it. Talk to me about the presenting because I'm a big advocate. I love creative real estate. I think it gets very fun. It can be a true win-win. And and like you guys said, just not enough people truly know about it. And it comes down to the art of educating the individual. So you can show them like, hey, this is how much you're going to make. You're going to truly become the bank right now. It's the Mm -hmm. best position to be in. So Matt, how do you go about kind of presenting that initially? You do like two or three different options. So we we usually always present a three option LOI. We try to push for the cash price, but they always our option that we send. If we send an offer, it's always going to have two seller finance options on there. Sure. And then we just kind of plant the seed with that, and I feel like the deal just kind of grows into a creative deal if that if it's there. You know, we just kind of pushing and exploring it until we get to that. I think part of it. Being in the car business, we have that like conversation loop. You can kind of just stay in as you're building and trying to figure out where they're at. And then you circle back and try to go back into the close. And if it's not working, then you try to gather some more information, some more like you told me earlier, stuff like that. Just yeah. really try to develop that conversation and figure out where they're at and then try to circle back. So sometimes a creative deal could take a little while to close for sure. And then even once you do get them to say yes, when it gets down to signing, they might get weirded out again. And it could be a whole nother month before the attorney gets involved and they sort it out and you still get the deal. You just got to have the patience to be able to ride through. And I feel like definitely when you, a deal gets to that point, if you don't have like the knowledge of where it can go and what it all looks like for the person doing the deal, you really can't put them at ease. So you got to be able to do answer those questions and be confident when you're answering those questions and have that conversation with them just so they feel secure. And they still might get with a lawyer to double check in as long as what you said and the attorney said match up, then then, they, then they'll close. It, they do take some massaging, definitely. Yeah. Um, and, and also, I mean, it really comes down to the team and it's not just you two as a team, but it's also like the escrow, right? Like title, because you need a right team to be able to guide them as well and and show them mm-hmm. like this is a legitimate business you guys aren't doing anything illegal here because mm-hmm. I've, I've had that come up a dozen times they start getting really sketched out so it's all about the education and when you have multiple resources that are backing it up like escrow title company and then you got uh the lawyer and everybody else plus you then it can just help really solidify what you guys are doing that it is right everything's good they're protected mm-hmm. and you guys obviously like you're talking about you guys know the power behind follow-up, mm-hmm. you know, like being in the car industry as well as now, like, you know, how to reloop the questions of like, well, you said this and keeping them accountable and also just fresh knowing that, you know, it, it's multiple touches. That's the, that's the name of the game when it comes down to real estate. How many, how long does it, like, do you guys keep track of that with KPIs? Do you know? Taken. I, I bet we close more deals that take more than three months than we do in the first two months of the lead. Sure. Um, we might do one deal like that every other month where we just got the lead and we got it closed in a couple of weeks. Oh, but usually yeah. it takes us three, four months. And it's not uncommon to go a year. Really? Somebody to put a deal together. 
Wow. So yeah, we're and we got like under contract with a few that's over a year old. <laughs> a year old, over a year yeah. old. Yeah, yeah, year old lead. Wow. We we've gone under contract with a few deals that don't want to close until six months out. So like we went under contract at the beginning of this year and they just closed last month or the month before. Yeah. Yeah, you guys are gangsters. I feel like following up that long, uh, so many other people, and that's the difference. That's that's truly the reason why you guys are successful with this. You know, like you're not giving up, you're staying persistent, you're keeping them in the pipeline, and you're not kicking them out until they they actually close or they they shout at you and tell you to like, oh, yeah. you know, screw Any off. Media, should we even still be considering this deal? Yeah, but we yeah. Yeah, we do. We just keep pushing it and make it work. So yeah. So what, what are the horror stories that you guys hear? Like, you know, when you, do you ever have people just cursing you out like crazy or mm, uh, whatever, uh, maybe like our one thing that we walked into that was super annoying was we had an ex-wife that was had nothing to do with the deal, oh, yeah. completely nothing to do with the deal. She, she was in the divorce degree, had like some certain percentage of it. But other than that, hadn't lived in the house for 10 years, hadn't lived in the state for five years. All this stuff that had nothing to really do with the deal, but part of Iowa law is she had to sign off it because of the divorce decree. Well, she wow. made us she made us give her five extra grand just for a second. Yeah, it turns out she's an attorney, so she yeah. just made well, it as complicated not, as possible. Yeah, yeah, she's a legal aid, not yeah, legal wants to be an attorney. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. So Brindle, that was isn't it? I love how you guys have smiles on your face with that. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, I mean you must ask Matt. I I was pulling my hair out it was crazy it was uh very i'm a i'm a roller coaster i'm i'm a salesman by heart so i'm a roller coaster and man that was at the bottom of the hill yeah <laughs> it was a rough one to try to figure out and yeah i had to have matt step in a couple of different times to have that conversation even though i had like the dominant rapport in the in the deal and i was like you you got to come over here yeah you, i'm gonna lose it i'm gonna yeah. lose it. i can't I'm gonna go it. off <laughs> i can't do yeah. it i need somebody she else comments one like more thing and i'm gonna hang up yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's, that's definitely awesome. a big adjustment with real estate is the delay in closing oh, yeah like Everything in the car business, you say hi to them in the morning and you're sending them down the street by 3.30, you know? Yeah. And this, it could take three months just trying to get figure out between attorneys and closing and the why, yeah, liens. Yeah. So that, that is frustrating. Yeah, that's another thing we learned the hard way is liens. Figure out what they are. Figure out how to uh, complete them or pay them off and make them... Uh, you know, uh, get this cleared, and before yeah. you go through the next steps, we've learned our lesson a couple of times. Still trying to go through our process without getting those taken care of, and then they bit us in the butt later on once we got yeah. to the, the deal. Yeah. yeah. So, talk to me. How are you guys going about that? Are you pushing it through title as fast as possible right away so that it pops up, and then you guys bring it back to the the sellers and say, like, "Hey, this is what popped up. Here's our situation. How are we going to fix this?" So yeah. I don't know what the other two states are, but there's three states in the United States that are abstract holding states. And so it's a nuisance or an annoyance with us. We don't have title guarantees. So it, yeah, the guarantee is your lawyer writing off on it. That's the guarantee. And so that's a sucky guarantee, my friend. It has worked for us. Um, okay. The issue with it, though, is the time. So we don't have like an immediate answer on liens. So First things first, as soon as somebody signs the dotted line saying, yes, they will sell the house, immediately we try to track down that abstract. Either it's at a cold storage at an abstract company or two, they might have it with them. And so immediately we get that to the abstract company and have that started. 
okay. usually takes between 10 days and 30 days. There's some wow. circumstances that it's different each time, but somewhere in that range is usually how long it takes. Then immediately after that, the lawyer does a title opinion, and that's when we find out. So the annoyance is we have this gap in timing of, of knowing when the title is going to be clear. It could be as quick as 12 to 14 days, but it also could be 45 days plus. So are just getting the process down to getting that started immediately so that way we can find out sooner than later we do a lot of trust level on the sellers like hey give me a heads up if there is something there that way we can at least address it now and it's not going to be a surprise for you or for me later on down the road but of course we brought we ran into multiple times when they said it was clean and it wasn't so yeah it's just one of those things where uh, we have a set process in place to try to get it you get an answer as quick as possible yeah that's good have you ever had some deals with certain folks and then you guys ended up doing business again in the future or multiple properties or, or something like a relationship afterwards we've had multiple people call us back for tries on on the new property or like on another property uh, one thing that we run into a lot is landlords that are either one giving up and wanting to sell everything or two yeah. wanting to sell off stuff like you know a couple this year a couple to you know sure. uh, separate their tax implication yeah. and so we've been lucky enough to be like two or three of their first calls when they were ready to do the next one cool. um, didn't get the numbers to work out the last one that we just did but it was just they just didn't work out and he thought it was worth a little bit more so I ended up cleaning it up a little bit and putting it on the market and he got close to what he wanted so nice. uh, for him but of course it was just nice that we got that first call yeah that's awesome i love it talk to me how are you guys analyzing the numbers do you guys have like a software or like a rule of thumb well, are you guys we've been up? using zillow mostly zillow sold data but we learning the mls now we got access to mls so we're learning how to run comps and put together a little bit more of a packet so that's one of the things we're working at working on in our sales process is having like an offer packet that kind of introduces us and sets the stage for what they're going to go through as far as their experience has the comps in there a little deal evaluator um like a budget repair sheet kind of okay. uh, and then it goes into a couple options of what they could net if they were to fix it up or not stuff like that so and then do you have some good relationships with contractors in the area? Yeah, we do have a recently. Yeah, we are slowly building that, but we're getting better and better as far as the, our, our crew goes. Okay, nice. And then how did you get access to the MLS? A uh, friend of a friend. Okay, cool. We'll keep it at that. All right. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. So when it comes down to, you know, your buyers lists, how did you start acquiring that? Are you guys a part of like your local RIA groups and, and stuff in the area? Yeah. I can let Tony hop in. He does most of the dispo, but we yeah. do go to the meetups here. We just started going a lot more frequent. TTP, talk to people. It's definitely a game changer. You get out there and start talking to people doing the same thing that you're doing. But we have a, like a little checklist that we were following in the beginning as far as disposition. And Tony just kind of makes sure that he's just getting the people that he knows will buy it first. And then we'll send out to our list and then we advertise it on online and just kind of go down. Oh. Yeah, talk to me, Tony. What what would you add to that? I mean, we build a lot of really good relationships with our local people that are at the uh, weekly meetings. There's a yeah. weekly meeting every Friday morning. And so we've gone to that four weeks in a row now. And just with that, we've 
well, online and like Facebook groups and then real estate meetups, like through Facebook, not through like uh, in person. Uh, we have a, the biggest presence when it comes to wholesaling and communication level. Uh, I can't tell you how many Facebook messages I have about people wanting us to mentor them or people wanting us to uh, pull them on as like an acquisition person and just train them on how to find a deal or what to do with the deal and stuff like that. It's almost seems like weekly I get two or three different new people. Um, but then the people that are actually buying, we have such a presence now that there's three or four people that probably talk to me or email me at least every other week, sometimes once a month about, Hey, what do you have in the pipeline? What are you working? What areas are hot right now? So I have that communication level. Then we have like three or four guys that'll almost buy anything that we come up with on our math level. So trying to keep them full too. So the good thing is, is the relationships have been getting a lot stronger the last six months. And part of that is just showing our presence here in the community in that real estate level um, and the people just asking questions and responding, you know what I mean? Just having co conversations. Yeah. And I mean, being consistent at the end of the day, you guys keep showing up, keep doing it. It's like mm -hmm. it, the repetition pays off and it shows that you're a serious player and you're going to perform. So that's what people look for in, in, in our space. turned two investors into personal or private money people for us. Let's so we've like literally turned other two other investors into our own private money lenders. Yeah. yeah. I, I was just about to ask you that. So as far as private money goes to raise capital for, for taking down more, you know, buy and holds short terms, is that what you guys are doing now and, and starting to focus on raising capital yeah. for some um, of your deals? We've done like three different options. So we did an option where people invested into the business with a guaranteed return after a certain period of time, sure. usually about a year's return, yeah. which we had our first one just go through and then they invested the whole thing. So yeah. that was interesting. <laughs> The little man. <laughs> oh yeah. And then the, another way is we've done transactional funding. And that's what I mean by the private money lenders that I've manufactured pretty much out of the group. Sure. Just like saying, Hey, let us use it for three to six months for this rate and this yeah. terms. And we'll just cash out refinance out of it, or we will sell it on the market, whatever one makes the most sense for everybody involved. Yeah. We've gone into a deal instead of giving them like uh, interest rate and return, we've gone to just like a flat rate return too. So yeah. uh, we're, we're really easy to work with on that level. Whatever makes sense for them, we can make it make sense for us. Yeah. Oh, and then now we're starting to use people as like uh, down payment investors for more Airbnbs. We have four, well, we have three currently. One is being done, being furnished and painted this week, actually. And nice. then we have one, two, three. We had three potential, maybe even a fourth potential uh, lock up before, you know, the new year. So yeah. we would like to be at eight before 2023 pops up. I love it. Yeah, dude, it's super exciting. You guys have a, a tremendous amount of volume going on right now. And it's really just the beginning, you know, like that's the most exciting part. And I'm sure for you guys, it might not feel like that. You're like, dang, like we're putting in the hard work. Like each yeah. day feels long. It's I know you guys are family men too. Like you guys both have wives and a beautiful family a little man mm -hmm. just came in it's just one yep. of one of the brady bunch right you guys both have what is it three kids each two, two, each. two, two each. each okay yep. um, and both of them are close in age too his son yeah. that was just there and my daughter only two weeks apart i love it i love it so i mean that it's awesome you guys are you know both young and just like taking territory and it's it's just the beginning though so where do you guys see the business where do you see the company going in the next few years i definitely think we'll get this 
deal flow down to anywhere in that eight to 10 a month. Sure. Um, try to oh, one or two deals for ourselves a month. Just keep growing that portfolio by at least 12. I think the goal is 24 a year, but, and then, you know, do that for 10 years, 15 years and call it. Yeah. Call it. <laughs> call it. And I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, as time goes on and you guys start hitting those goals, the goals evolve, right? So um, (laughs) when that call at time comes around, who knows what you and Tony want to do by then. But uh, I'm just really excited for you guys at the end of the day. It's an exciting piece of the puzzle that you guys are in right now. And Mm -hmm. it seems like it's all starting to come together. Has there been anything like tremendous or tremendous breakthroughs or, or something that has helped catapult your guys' success along the way that you have to give credit towards, like any books or, or like mentorship, podcast, something that really like helped unlock things to push you guys even further, even just the car, you know, getting the, getting the foundation of the car industry, right? I'm sure it's been huge. Yeah. The foundation of that's awesome. We've done three different mentor service. Yours is one of the three. The other one's the boardroom that we're both in. And then the first one we ever did was with Matt Terrio. It's called Epic Invest Ed. It's another YouTube service or another YouTube channel that he turned into a mentor service. That one's like a very, very basic one, teaches you how to find a deal and then run the deal through the process. Uh, We did awesome with that and figured out how to do it. And then we just need another step. Like it's like, okay, how how do we turn this finding a deal and completing a deal into a full-on business? That's where the boardroom stepped in. Then we were in the boardroom for a while. And then we actually did your mentor service prior to knowing that you went into the boardroom. So we actually knew you prior to that. And it was a surprise that you were there that week that we were there. Anyway, make a long story short. Now it's just we're at the point where we're like, like right there on using your mentor service to buy more houses with. Oh, yeah. We went from finding a deal to turning into a business to using our credit to be able to maximize the amount of properties we can buy. Yeah, I love it. So that's we're another thing. Part you of, guys... uh, sorry about that. Oh, yeah. Also right. part of 8020 Academy, yeah. which is helping right, us really get our SOPs down and our process down. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. In the hiring and firing and stuff like that to help out with that situation. Yeah. At the end of the day, uh, the KPIs are so freaking important. It's something that I slept on for a very long time. And, you know, you can get caught up in the hustle and, and really like the day to day. But once you start actually making money and making results, like now you got to get organized and really get your stuff together. So it sounds like you guys are, are well on track for that. You know, have you guys read the book Traction? Oh, yeah. That was yeah. the first one that kind of changed things for us. Yeah. Yeah. And Profit First. Those are kind of our two biggest books that we learn the most from, slash, we're trying to implement the most. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. I mean, using, especially with the season that you guys are in right now of uh, getting ready to start hiring people and, and really making sure that the certain people, even just yourselves, are doing the separate activities to really complement each other and, and who's accountable for what with the goals and, and so forth and meetings and, and everything else. So I love it, dude. You guys are awesome. I appreciate you both greatly for for jumping on today and giving your feedback and telling your story, getting it out there to help motivate and educate more people and really inspire them to take action in real estate as well, because that's what the podcast is all about. So anything that myself or any of the listeners can do to help out and give back to you guys just gave an hour of your time. 
maybe reach out to us if you are interested in buying a property in the Des Moines or surrounding areas. Like we were both saying, the Midwest is sweet right now. Still low purchase prices, but good average rents. So they cash flow really well. Also, too, we're... Uh, our plan is to get somewhere in the range of eight to 10 Airbnbs here and then move to another area and, you know, get eight to 10 there, then move to another area, just kind of keep bouncing around and, and use those areas as vacation spots that we want, but also to hot spots for Airbnb market in general. If somebody's interested in that, we were always interested in talking about how to build a partnership. That's the biggest thing is if, if it seems too hard for you, it's something that we do on a daily basis every single day. And we can show you how to invest just your funds and then be able to show the return and show ownership in a property. And then we would just manage all of it with our process that we have in place right now. That's the biggest one. Unless Matt knows any other ideas or options. I was going to say, we'd, we'd always borrow a couple hundred thousand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what? And anybody that... You know, I, I know you guys very well myself, so I already know the morals are in place. The, the uh, you know, you guys are authentic and, and you guys are, are truly doing it and and you know how to set up and analyze deals. You're not taking every single deal. You're you're really. Yeah, you're making sure that you guys are getting the best of the best. And, and that's awesome. So when it comes down to where you guys are heading right now, I'm very confident it's going to be some big stuff in the near future. At, you know, it's already there. but. It's also exciting to hear about the turnkeys that are coming up. So if anybody has any additional capital that you're looking for high-end returns and you don't need to do the legwork and you're okay with Tony and, and Matt actually implementing and setting you guys up for success, and that's, that's a no-brainer as well. So I highly encourage everybody to reach out to them. How can they get a hold of you guys? I was going to say easiest way is either email me at greenmtiowa, Iowa spelled out I-O-W-A at gmail.com. Or of course, just Facebook message me. It's Tony Romeo instead of Anthony Romeo on Facebook. Okay, cool. And then Matt? So it's probably the same email. We share it. So. Okay. And uh, social media? I guess I'm on Facebook as well, but I'm, I hardly ever use it. So if you're going to get a hold of somebody, it's going to be Tony. <laughs> All right. so, so everybody reach out to Tony or hit up the email. And yeah, man, I appreciate you guys greatly. You guys are awesome. Really excited to see what you guys do with the credit stuff, as well as just the, the real estate business in general. You guys are crushing it in every way. You guys aren't scared to invest in yourself. And you guys have the bigger plan and the bigger vision. You guys are already seeing the, the fruit from it, the success from it. So I'm just super excited to be along the journey and just get to see in the next couple of years what that truly turns into. So proud of you guys both. As always, if you guys want to get a hold of me, you can always do so on Instagram. It's Brandon Elliott Investments, otherwise Facebook.com forward slash Brandon Elliott Investor. Um, if you need any credit repair done for you services, check out creditrepairmobile.com. Otherwise, if you're really looking to get educated on how the banks and lenders are judging you, how to play the game of credit, like real life monopoly and fix credit faster than anyone in the industry. I'm talking bankruptcies, uh, collections, hard inquiries, late payments, and so forth, even 100K plus in debt. Uh, being able to totally get it removed and be able to build up several six figures in funding, get to the 800 club, build up business credit, uh, get sign up bonuses, you name it, so that you can take this new credit, these new funds, and actually be able to leverage it and you know travel hack, but also buy real life assets like real estate and so much more. Then check out creditcounselelite.com. That's www.creditcounselelite.com. You'll be able to get the any type of information that you're looking for on there and hopefully get educated on it. So 
with that being said, make sure you guys hit the subscribe button for Ready, Set, Go Real Estate Investing Podcast. You'll get the newest notification every single Monday. And then leave that five-star review. Greatly appreciate all the love, feedback, and shares as always. Matt, Tony, you guys are amazing. Appreciate you guys as always. And we'll catch you guys next time. Stay blessed. Thanks. This has been another episode of Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by Brandon Elliott. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Also, please don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. Thanks again for joining. 